You're listening to Mint Condition with Brad Slater, a sports card podcast for the collector by a collector. Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of Mint Condition. A podcast all about sports cards. I collect them, you collect them. I'm finding more and more people I'm talking to out there that is becoming popular and popular again. And uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. And I figured what better subject to do a podcast on than sports cards. They've affected my life. They've affected, I'm hoping, all of your lives in a positive way. Uh, tell you why I'm doing this podcast in a minute. But I have a website. It's mycardsarmint.com. You can follow me on Twitter at mint going to be doing a lot of giveaways, asking you guys to post some cards, some of them from your collection that may be unique ones each week, ask you to post one and uh, I'll be giving some cool stuff away. Now it's time to talk about why I chose to do a podcast and why I chose to do a podcast on sports cards. So as many of you know, I did sports radio before uh, before joining the railway in 2014 and then uh, loved work going to work. Working on the railway was a great job. You got to see like you know, parts of the world that, that not many other people get to see. Um, you're sitting in a cab with an engineer. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. You're sitting in a siding. It's pitch black. It's just you two. You're just talking. And uh, some of those are times are the, the best times. You know, you just you get to meet someone. You get to interact with them. And just awesome job. Um, with the good comes the bad, of course. So uh, January 1st, 2019, I get called in the morning, New Year's Day. For a grain train, I think it was called an 802, and it was leaving Edmonton going towards Wainwright. So I got to work, and everything was going, you know, normal. Everything, paperwork, everything was perfect. My engineer and I get out onto the train, and then we're hit with delays. Um, You can't go until this train goes. You can't do this until this train does this. So one thing led to another, and sooner or later, it was like 1230 in the afternoon. We'd been called at 8 in the morning, and we were still sitting in the yard. So we were given our lights to leave, and upon leaving Edmonton, you go through a yard called Clover Bar before you leave uh, eastward going towards Wainwright. So as we were approaching a crossing, just like we do every other day, um, the engineer and I noticed a fuel truck with two full cans and a truck uh, stopped and parked on the tracks in front of our train. We threw our train into emergency uh, responsibly and correctly, according to all the rules, and we made contact with the cans of the trailer of the truck at approximately 24 miles an hour and didn't explode. So with all that, uh, I don't want to get too much more into uh, all the details of that, but uh, as you can imagine, it was a horrific scene. And some of the things I've seen, I wish that no one ever has to see or experience in their life. And with all that, you know, let's flush this negativity out. But uh, the reason why I did the podcast at the end of the day was was sports cards really helped me um, push through that dark time and, you know, start to enjoy life again. It, it was a really tough time and just sorting cards, collecting cards, interacting with people online. I know a lot of you that are listening right now that I talk to. Uh, you know the story and everything I've been through, so thanks to all of you for helping me get through it. But uh, the card community is strong, and I learned that, and now I want to help give back to it. And I think I can give back to it by giving you know good information, proper information on release dates, um, products coming out, reviewing products that are coming out, asking the the people upstairs with these companies that you know quality control these questions of 
redemptions not being sent out for five, ten years, and you're still not getting them. I want to be able to get those answers and help get these cards in your hands and just, you know, help just have a fun podcast for the community and just interact with all of you. So, again, thanks for listening. I'm going to try and do this once a week. Um, I'm going to be posting it on all the platforms, so you'll see it there. And with that, I'd like to welcome my first guest. I'm very happy to now be joined by author, broadcaster, and one of the nicest guys in the world. You know him from Rogers Sportsnet. His name is Ken Reed. Thanks so much for joining me, man. How are you? Awesome. Wicked awesome to be here. Episode one. Let's do it. Episode one, mint condition. We're talking sports cards. Uh, no one else I wanted to talk to than you. Now tell me, where, where, <laughs> did it, where did it start for you? Like, how far back did the collecting go? And what lit the fire? Same as any other kid. Just, uh, you know, older than you, Brad, as you know. So, uh, you know. Started ripping packs, probably, you know, my I'm sure my father or grandfather got me a pack. My mother probably when I was five years old and ripped it open. And then as I got older, you know, cards were a way to identify players from rural Nova Scotia. There's one game on a week. And uh, so I just got into it. I remember going to Junior C games. You'd pay a buck to get in, 50 cents for the program, spend another 50 cents on two packs of Opeachy in 1983. And away we went. Uh, my mother brought home a price guide, maybe I think 87 or 88. And I was like, wow, these little things are worth money. And uh, then I got highly addicted to it. So by the time the first boom came, I was dealing. I was 14 years old dealing cards. <laughs> and, uh, you know, went away during college, uh, went away during my travels, uh, early in my broadcasting as, as I was through my 20s. And it actually came, I got back into it when I moved here to Toronto. And uh, I figured I wasn't going to leave Toronto. So I had my dad. Uh, ship up a few things, and away it went, and I got back into it, and that, geez, that had to be 14, 15 years ago now. I was the exact same way. There was just, like, that lull break in, in my life where, like, yeah. sports cards weren't a part, and then it was, like, when it came back, you're like, where have you been all my life? Because, like, right. my break, I came back for 2015 because Connor McDavid, yeah. obviously, and with Connor Bedard coming next year, I think a lot of new collectors are going to start as well, but do you remember any Great. old particular card shops or, like, Anything unique oh, from yeah. when you used to get your packs? Like, I remember the smell, oh, yeah. the sounds, the guy, the lady that yep. worked there, everything. I had an idea for a candle, a uh, bubblegum card candle, and it's already, it just, somebody actually just did it. I'm sure it's, you know, not patented, but I, I yeah, the smell opening the pack. Moose River Sports Corner was my local store. It was in New Glasgow. Then I worked at a store in Picto that sold heat and goalie equipment and hockey cards. Um, just ripping a pack kind of takes me back in time. It's funny, as, as a child, uh, cards connected me to the game, and now cards, in a way, connect me to my childhood and the game. And I'm with you. I think a lot of people are going to come on board again because of Bedard. Adam Sandler's got this movie he's working on about high-end sports cards, so that'll bring more people into it. And um, it's kind of cool that as adults now we can admit collect cards, whereas before you didn't. And I think a lot of guys get away from it from about the time they're 18 to 30 because they discover these things called girls. And, you know, it's like when you're trying to romance a girl, you don't really want to talk to her about a pack of 1991 upper deck. But um, guys get back, guys get nostalgic as they get older and, and they go back to things that, that they loved as kids. So a lot of us went back to cards and the pandemic came and, you know, people had tons of time just to root through their house. And I'm sure tons of people found old cards and, and that's what got, got people back into it. Who were some of the favorites you collected as a kid that stood out? I know you liked mustaches. I know you liked the mullets and the hair yep. and the, the signature yep. cards, which we don't really have anymore too much today. Yeah. But, like, who were some guys? Like, Darren Poopa was one for me. but Yeah, yeah. I, I was a Gretzky guy. I loved Wayne Gretzky so much. 
Um, so anytime I got a Gretzky card, I was pumped, and I used to put it in the little um, Ziploc bags. I used to put my Gretzky's in the Ziploc bags. Got to keep them, them good safe. Got to keep them safe. Yeah, that's that's what I thought I was doing. And then, you know, any Montreal Canadiens from back in the day, I would always be excited to get a Gila Fleur. But, uh, yeah, I loved coming across a Mike McPhee, a Nova Scotia guy. And, yeah, I didn't really I didn't get really see the value in the mustache, the mullets, and the airbrushes until I got older and looked back at them. Because that was normal, right? Like, airbrushes and mustaches were normal in the 80s. Yep. And then you get older and you look back and you're like, wow, that's a really bad crayon job on the Harold Snaps 8485 OPG. And... <laughs> That that's what got me curious enough to first to talk to the players about it and end up writing a couple books about it. Yep. So, yeah, cards. It's funny how cards uh, they they'll take on different meanings as as you go through life. Like when you're when you're nine, you don't notice what a horrible crayon job it is on the guy's card. But when you're 39, you kind of look at it and you're like, what in the hell is going on there? And then you, if you're curious enough, and I guess if you do what I do for a living, you kind of go down that go down that track. I guess go down that road. I can't remember the year, but I think it was 1990 score. It was the Yager draft card with just like the really yeah. goofy face and the hair. Now, yeah, that's 1990. Yeah, uh, mustaches, mullets were back in the day. Do you think it's parallels and patches and autos and everything nowadays? Like the Billy Ripken card, so. you know, like people want the, yeah. the Menendez brothers, like the cool cards that have not cool cards, but you know, the background card stories. W- what do you think people yeah. look for in cards today? I don't know. I think everybody should collect for their own reason. So I don't like to kind of paint what people look for. Like, like people say cards are too expensive. I'm like, well, some cards are for you, but they aren't for other people. But there's there's lower end products you can buy that's somewhat affordable. Like, I mean, it's, it, it, cards are what you make it. I mean, you can go buy a, a box of open junk wax for next to nothing. You can buy a 5,000 card box of junk wax for next to nothing. And there's tons of great stories. So some people collect for money. Some people collect to connect to the game some people collect for curiosity there's there's no one reason i think people collect or, or should collect and people always ask me what should i get i'm like whatever you want you know collect what you want that's what i always say don't it's what your pc has to be right if you don't like them then why are you collecting yeah them? exactly you've done two amazing books on hockey you've done a lot more but two hockey card books hockey card stories true tales from your favorite players and 59 more true tales from your favorite players is there one story from maybe one of those two books that stands out uh, in your head that you just would like to tell our listeners? Well, it's funny. I'm looking at Mike Krusilinski's 88-89 OPG right now. It's in my okay. basement. I keep it up because I just love that card. Oiler jersey, a, right? Oiler jersey? No. It's a brutally awesome airbrush jersey. Oh. And he's airbrushed. Uh, he's airbrushed. I'll pick it up. He's airbrushed to look like an L.A. King. <laughs> and the cool thing is he's taking a face off, and he's looking right down at the date. Traded the Kings. Uh Eight nine eighty eight August ninth nineteen eighty eight, which of course was the Gretzky trade. All right, that's and, that's cool. I mean, it's like Cruiser's looking at the day. Call him. He told me all about the trade. He was at a hockey school outside of Montreal. He heard these rumors that Gretzky was going to be traded. He's like, "You crazy? We're not trading Gretzky." And then the trade breaks, and he's in it. Uh, so he just told me a wonderful story. And Mike, if you ever meet Mike, he's the nicest guy, and uh, he just walked me all through it. I he was a kid. I'm a guy I met in. When I was in grade six, I met the Edmonton Oilers. They were in Nova Scotia for an exhibition game. I, I did this public speaking contest about meeting the Oilers and actually won my school's contest. So, And now I do all kinds of alumni events with him, and he was in my book. So that's that's one that just stands out right away was uh, Cruiser just telling me all about that Gretzky trade because that was seriously like a monumental moment in my life. I was watching The Price is Right. 
They came on with a news alert, say Gretzky had been traded, and I was just like, my whole world was rocked. And as you know, in Edmonton, the whole city was rocked. The whole country was rocked. But that's a card that I think is really cool because he's looking at the date. And it's the card that probably won't cost you more than a dime, but it's the card with a great story. So that's kind of what, for me, what my hockey card books are all about, was just the, the stories behind behind the cards. Is there a Montreal Canadiens? Because I know there's so many classic Montreal Canadiens cards in that go all the way back. Is there a, is there a Canadian story that stands out? From the books, um, yeah. Uh, Guy Lafleur, his 75-76 Ophici, it lists him as a defenseman. It's huh. never corrected. So I got a chance to talk to Guy about that. It was really cool. And I said, does it make sense? Like, did Scotty use you on the point on the power play? And he's like, yeah, once in a while I drift back there, but... I don't know how they listed me as defense, and that was the year he broke out with his first 50-goal season. So that one always stood out for me. And, and getting the chance to interact with Guy, he's such an awesome gentleman, and he he carried the torch so well for the Canadians. And that was I got to interview him backstage at uh, National Sports Collectors Convention in Chicago, and uh, that that was pretty cool. I had the uh, pleasure of doing an autograph signing with him here with a local uh, local uh, signing he did here in Edmonton, and it was lunch yeah. at lunchtime. You know, Guy needed food. He didn't want to go out, yeah. so I yeah. went and got him a clubhouse sandwich and a pack of smokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. There you go. Like getting Guy a pack of smokes, that's epic. Yeah, he, he was the best. Man. He was awesome. He, and he would sign every autograph. Yep. He would and take so much time with people. Total gentleman. He offered to pay to him. Like, no, man, I, I have to be able to say I purchased your sandwich and pack of smokes because I, who else I brought can darts, say that? Bought darts for Guy Lafleur. That's a good story. Lots of people can probably say they bought the darts for him for the clubhouse. That's that's a bonus. So, you know, I'm doing this podcast, uh, Mental Health Sports Cards, that helped me a lot. Uh, along your yeah. journey in life, uh, have sports cards played any other role than, than collecting? I don't know if they've helped. They've just helped me, I guess, relax and give me something to do um, other than just watch TV. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I find myself pretty calm when I'm with, with my cards. So maybe it's helped. I never thought about it that way. But if you can find any hobby that just takes your mind off the – the, the troubles of, of day-to-day life, I think it's a good thing. So in a way, I'm sure they have helped me. Um, yes, you're definitely relaxed when you're around cards. You should be. No, definitely. Uh, if not, I'm sure you're you're probably a high-end investor who's worried about, you know, if you're going to get PSA 9 or 9.5 on something. But yeah. that's not the type of collector I am. Nope. So, yeah, I'm pretty chill, chill around them. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned earlier Wayne Gretzky. Would you say he's your PC, or do you have a couple of guys in your in your PC, or your kids are, are collecting new players? Is there anyone that you're collecting nowadays? Uh, I'd say my whole collection is my personal collection, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, well, like, is there when there's a chance to make money, will I try to trade up? Sure. I like to think that my hobby sustains my hobby. I'm one of those guys. So, you know, I'm not making millions. I don't do it to make millions. But if there's a chance you can sell a double or trade off a double, that's cool. But yeah, I always I I have kind of a a mission. It's a, I, I don't know. I don't advertise it much, but I like to get a, the first card of every Nova Scotia born NHLer. Okay, that's so awesome. I work on that. Uh, it took me a few years to to run down a Flash Hollett card <laughs> from I want to say thirty five, thirty six. Oh yeah. And I got a got a little display in the basement here. Some you know Nova Scotia rookie cards. So I guess that would be that would be my quest. So what's this Hollett? 1935 OPG Series C Flash Hollis. So he was the first Nova Scotia born NHLer. There's a few others that might have been born before him, but like up there, I got like my Mike McPhee, Rusty Paul McLean, Al McNeil, uh, Lowell McDonald, you know, a lot of Nova Scotia guys. I, I enjoy getting 
their rookie card. So I guess that would be my PC. So there you go. You did answer a question. I didn't think I even had an answer for you. So there you go. You ever have yeah. a chance to run into some of those guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I do a lot of work with uh, alumni here. Like uh, I do a lot of banquets and we do uh, a lot of Easter Seals events where we play in uh, hockey tournaments and I empty the draft. So we get to go to, to St. John's, Halifax, Moncton, Saskatoon, uh, all around Ontario. So, uh, yeah, I'll only see who's up here that I've played with. Like, uh, running to Daryl Fitlow a lot at the events. Uh, Denny Potvin I ran into this summer. Um, play a lot with Corson, Shane Corson. Play a lot with Ally Brady, Tucker, Andre Waugh, all kinds of great guys. We have a, we have a ton of fun. Was Mike Smith, uh, who played Bubbles on the Trailer Park Boys, do you know if he was ever uh, an avid card collector? I have no idea. I, I doubt that he was. Mike was a musician. Mostly okay. When uh, when he was around Texas County, yeah. So I never saw him at any of the shows or the card shops. So I don't think that he was no. But he was uh, he was a musician. So he was in sandbox at that time. He was playing guitar in a cool rock and roll band and talking to girls while I was collecting hockey. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Now look, now look where you no. are today. Now far more advanced than I. There you go. Uh, before I let you go here, Ken, I wanted to ask if you had one message or not one rule, but yeah, maybe a message, Ken's message to uh, any collector that's starting up today, have it be a son, a father, a mother, or a daughter. What's what's something that you can just give them as advice to, to start them on their collecting journey? Collect what you like. Don't worry about what other people think of your collection. Don't collect to impress others. Collect what you like. Collect to impress yourself and just have fun with it. And, it, it, and don't think you're ever going to finish because it's an endless pursuit. Like, there's always something out there. So that that would be my advice is collect what you like. Thanks so much for joining me, Ken. We'll have to do this again, buddy. Anytime, Brad. Talk to you buddy. That was Ken Reed from Rogers Sportsnet joining me there talking sports cards. You can check out both his books on hockey cards available at Chapters and Indigo online and in-store. That will wrap up Episode 1 of Mint Condition. I want to thank you all for listening. You can follow me along this wild ride on Twitter. At my cards are mint. And my email address, mint at gmail.com. Any questions, any content, any ideas for the show, fire them at me. Hit me up on Twitter. I'll get back to you. I promise. On next week's show, I sat down with Brian Purip, content creator extraordinaire from TikTok. This guy went from zero followers to 100,000. And all he did was go across North America looking for the biggest rookie cards in all the sports in the wildest, craziest places you can imagine. The Grand Canyon, paragliding over Malibu, a croc-infested bayou. So I talk to Brian next week. Until then, I'm Brad Slater. Happy sipping. Happy ripping, everybody. Take care.